If I'm just playing myself, if I'm authentic, if I'm just relaxed and, and happy, people tend to open up and it becomes more like a friendship, like uh, some interesting adventure, not like a scary thing. Mm -hmm. So because we are here to support each other, when we do business, it's good to find somebody that has a common ground in those conversations or negotiations so if we respect each other and if we are showing who we are, they are showing who they are. And it becomes much more, I would say, inspiring to, to have those connections. Welcome to the Art of Communication, where entrepreneurs learn to grow their business more effectively through mastering their ability to connect to others. Whether you're looking to increase revenue, widen your network, or just getting others to buy into your vision, we'll help you dramatically transform your business and life by communicating more effectively, improving your leadership skills, and reinvesting time back into your family. You're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and your life, so let's start the conversation with your host, Greg Rice. What's up? Guys, I have a treat for you today. I had the opportunity to interview Kasia Wazowski. Kasia is a leading micro-expression expert in the field. She's one of the founders of the Center for Body Language, which is the world's number one body language trainer for business people. Also, her and her husband have created award-winning films, most recently a film called Impact, which is really powerful. I suggest you guys go see it. So we talked about how she became fascinated with microexpressions at a very early age. She shared some amazing tips on how to be more effective at reading microexpressions, like how to create situations to look for them, <laughs> where to look at on the face, some really powerful stuff. We also talked about what they learned from the creation and production of their award-winning film, Impact. Overall, Cassia was a, a true joy to have on the show. She's truly an expert in the space, and I learned so much from her. And I know that you guys will as well. Enjoy. Kasia, welcome to the Art of Communication podcast. Super excited to have you on the show today. Welcome, Greg. It's nice to speak to you. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, yeah. So much to talk to you about. Uh, you and Patrick have done so much great work around body language and micro expressions and, and just everything around communication, as well as produced a number of movies, which I'm excited to get into as well. But Start by telling me, just how did you get into this whole body language communication space to begin with? So actually, we had our own separate stories uh, about it. My uh, husband, Patrick's story was uh, that he had a hearing disorder when he was a child and he couldn't hear very well when it was crowded. And you can imagine a playground full of little kids of three years old. And he just moved to a new country. He moved to Belgium. And he couldn't discern the words from, from one person to the other. So what he started doing by then, by you know the three-year-old little, little <laughs> kid, he started looking at bad language. So it was something that uh, helped him a lot. And now he doesn't have so much of this hearing disorder. At the same time, it was a big blessing that he could discover it about people, that people communicate on the nonverbal level. This is even more powerful sometimes than mm. what they say. And my, my story was more about finding out that people have little secrets. So the same thing as Patrick a little bit, that when I was a, a, a girl, I discovered that my parents who were divorced, 
they many times didn't communicate things that I sensed that there are somewhere there hidden. And I was like, okay, what's going on? I see that something is not right, but at the same time, nobody says that. So this was the beginning of thinking that we are putting our mask on in communication with people. So when you go to nonverbal, then you can see much more. And then we met, we fell in love, and the bad language clicked <laughs> between us. I bet it did. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious. So you were kind of really interested in it from a family standpoint. How did you kind of start to first study it and kind of understand it? Because there's not, especially maybe a few years ago, there, there weren't a lot of places to go and learn about this stuff. Yes. Yeah, so when I met Patrick, he was already the bad language of Belgium, number one bad language expert of Belgium. So he was the number one. And we met, we had a business meeting and I was owning a company in training and communication as well. So doing coaching and training. And he told me, okay, I'm the bad language expert from Belgium. Like, oh, wow. Okay. So read my bad language. And he was like, oh, <laughs> and then he said that he couldn't read my bad language because he was interested in me. So, so this, is <laughs> this is how we met. And he read a lot of books and he was inspired. Uh, Patrick was inspired by Alan Peace and uh, by other people who were talking about bad language. It weren't so much of that. I, I think there were some French scientists as well and uh, some American scientists. So he read all those books and he was studying bad language from the age of 14. And he read all the books that were on the market. And me, myself, I finished psychology and psychotherapy and psychology of emotions. And I did a lot of uh, research around how we can see uh, faces on the subliminal level. And now I'm also completing a PhD at the University of London and University of Bristol combined about the research in facial expressions, which is the culmination of many research that we did in the past. So, yeah, I did it from a scientific point of view. And then I also realized that people actually need more knowledge about communication and microexpressions. And our mission from the moment when we met was to translate the language of science around microexpressions and bad language into something that, that is more tangible for people, that people can practice, that they can use in their lives to become more successful, to become more happy, to communicate better. I love that. I love that. And as a student of yours, you know, I've taken a number of your trainings, continue to work through all the wonderful content that you provide. I've certainly learned a ton. And for me, the key has been, I mean, practice, especially with micro expressions, you just have to keep practicing and then it becomes more and more natural over time. But at first it doesn't seem like it's going to, you know, and it, you just got to kind of keep practicing, keep practicing. And then it's like a switch gets flipped. Yes. And, yeah. and I, I think, tell me the question for you. I know that you are the interviewer at the same time. It would be interesting for me to know when was this moment for you when you realized that, oh, I can see that. Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And, you know, I'm, I can't say I'm 100% there now. Like, I don't see it all the time in everybody. I have to, like, be in the right mindset and paying the right attention. But one of the moments I remember is with my wife. This was pre COVID, right, right, very, just right before COVID. But we were going to a nightclub to watch a friend's band play. And I saw a parking lot, right? And it was a little couple blocks away. And I was like, why don't we just park here? 
And she said, sure. But she gave me this look on her face real quick, like a look of disgust. And I was like, you know what? Let's find a closer parking spot. <laughs> and that was the moment that I remember, like the first time I ever like caught one just in the moment. So it's a powerful moment. And I need to keep practicing and continue to get better at it. Yeah. And you know that those little moments can really save your marriage because uh, <laughs> there was a scientist, John Gottman, that he was studying uh, people who are coming to yeah. his psychotherapy. And he was studying especially the micro expression of disgust and contempt. And he proved that people who were showing more disgust and contempt during their conversations, uh, they were more prone to divorce in the next five years. So yeah, showing contempt and disgust is not a good sign, especially if the other person cannot read that and react properly to make your spouse happy, which you did. So you have a happy marriage. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, you know, it ebbs and flows. But I'd like to say she's not disgusted with me often. Maybe unhappy, but not so much disgusted. And there's a difference, as you well know. Yeah, that's powerful research by, by Dr. Gottman that the showing the micro expression of disgust is a better predictor of divorce than or disgust and contempt than like marriage counselors ratings of what they think is going to happen, which I just thought was crazy powerful. You mentioned something earlier I want to go back to though, talking with your parents, back to your parents, right? You said that there's a mask, right? They're not necessarily communicating everything out loud in their words. Something I'm trying to figure out and get better at as well is how do I really get to know somebody? How do I connect with somebody on a deeper level? I just find it fascinating that we all want to be understood. We all want to understand each other, but yet we're all afraid to show our real selves and we all put on these masks all the time. And micro expressions give you a way to start to unlock that door a little bit. So that's a lot. I guess I just love your thoughts on that topic. And, and it just fascinates me. And, and I'm always trying to get closer to finding the real person underneath the mask. So I think that uh, what is very important that's it's also starting with us because we put ourselves, our protection masks, and uh, it's good to be able to record yourself and see yourself in the mirror first and see what you are doing with your face because it could be that you are trying to mask some vulnerability or some things uh, that you don't want to show others. And when you are trying to mask that, it shows in your body language because then you become more distant. Then you have more tendency to show contempt or to mask your emotions. And those little emotions like a little bit of sadness or sometimes anger, frustration, hesitation, it's very important in connection because um, this is how you show that you are alive as a person and, mm -hmm. and with your things. So I think that... When we can sit with our best friends and we can just relax our faces and be ourselves, then we we become more who we re really are. So sometimes putting the mask is the beginning of a spiral. For example, in, in business connections, like I experienced it many times traveling around the world, doing a lot of negotiations that. If I'm just playing myself, if I'm authentic, if I'm just relaxed and, and happy, people tend to open up and it becomes more like a friendship, like uh, some interesting adventure, not like a scary thing. Mm -hmm. So because we are here to support each other, when we do business, it's good to find somebody that has a common ground in those conversations or negotiations so if we respect each other and 
if we are showing who we are, they are showing who they are. And it becomes much more, I would say, inspiring to, to have those connections. So sometimes you can think yourself, what's happening and why are you having a conversation with a certain person? Yeah. What can you do to change it to be more authentic? Or maybe sometimes you don't want to have this conversation. That's fine. Just tell it <laughs> or go away. <laughs> this is also okay. Yes, you can save your time and focus on people that are important for you. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's always good to remember that that's an option. And I think what you say is, is, is very true. I'm a big believer in the power of vulnerability, appropriate vulnerability in a professional context, being yourself, not trying to hide, just showing up as you are in the moment in my experience, has been extremely powerful at building professional relationships. And the other side of vulnerability is empathy, understanding how they feel. And again, for me, the key to start unlocking that is micro expressions and understanding tonality and body language and those kinds of things. And then sharing yourself because people tend to share back when you share, you know, so it, it builds just a bigger bond there. So fascinating, fascinating stuff. Switch topics a little bit. I'd love to hear how you guys got into the movie production business. And how did you end up? To, why did you end up going in that direction with your business? It started like this: that um, we've been in India, <laughs> and I was just having my morning meditation on the beach, and I was like thinking, okay, we have this this summit. We created, invited people for, I think it was the Conscious Business Summit by then, and we had like, yeah, several thousands of people that sign up. And we had those great names. We had Jack Canfield. We, we have uh, John Gray. We have uh, some other great, uh, well-known celebrities. And I was thinking that it's great to have them all on the call and interview them. It's, it's an honor. It's great. At the same time, I feel that it's not enough. I want to dive deeper. I want to really see who they are, yeah? because this is what I like to do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So I, I said to Patrick, Patrick, okay, so what if instead of, okay, we could do the summit, let's, let's do the summit first. And what if we propose them, some of the, the experts, to invite them to make a movie with them? So they would be the experts in the movie, coaching clients. And in this way, we can learn more about them and they will show themselves in real life situations, something that nobody can find on YouTube. <laughs> So this was the idea. And, and we started step by step. First, we make a movie Leap. And after Leap, we make Impact and also learned life about the life and legacy of Marshall Goldsmith. In the meantime, we were executive producers of other, other productions as well, because we realized that we love <laughs> being in the movie business. So this is how it went. <laughs> Very interesting. And and I've recently watched Impact, like when it first came out, I, I guess maybe the day it released, I remember watching it. And it was it was really powerful. It's an exciting story to see three people transform their lives. Uh, I'd say through two things, right? Better self-awareness, like getting to know themselves better, and then understanding others more effectively through things like microexpressions and body language. And I'm a big believer anybody can do that if they focus on doing those two things, communicating more effectively and, and understanding themselves better. I'm curious, as you've worked with lots of people through that transformation, what, where do people get stuck? Like, what are, What's the biggest challenge for folks as they're trying to work through that kind of transformation? Yes. Yeah, so let's maybe um, discuss a little bit what happens to the people in the Impact movie, because those stories were also very interesting and 
when you go into the details, you can see that there are different factors that kept them blocked. Mm-hmm. So it's about, uh, for example, the, f- the limiting beliefs. This is a very strong thing because many of us, we have limiting beliefs about ourselves, about our potential. And those limiting beliefs can come from, from our childhood or from uh, school or from other moments in our life when we failed or we believe that we failed because maybe failures just don't exist, you know, it's just a lesson. Mm-hmm. But we believe that we failed and because of that, we had those limiting beliefs. And those limiting beliefs, they show on the level of bad language, they show on the level of microexpressions. So when you, for example, want to have a successful meeting with a potential investor or a business connection, and you have those limiting beliefs, it shows. And the other person can see it, feel it. And that's why you might not have so much success and you would like to be. Mm-hmm. So those are the limiting beliefs. That's Very powerful. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, as you say that, I can remember seeing that in the movie, certain characters kind of, you know, you're communicating, you can do this. And they're like, I don't really think I can do this, but I'm going to try because you're giving me this opportunity. So I'll do my best. And as soon as something goes wrong, it's like, see, I told you I couldn't do this. Now, obviously, they progress throughout the movie and they develop and they learn. But it reminded me of working with my kids on things, right? Like, I'm not going to do good on this test. I'm just not going to do good. Well, if that's in your head, you're not going to do good at it, right? You have to believe that you can succeed and then do the work that needs to be done to be successful. So it was really interesting. Any updates on the characters and kind of what they've been able to achieve since? Just curious. So... Didi, she skyrocketed from that moment. She's really amazing. It's great. And now, uh, because at the end of the movie, she was still a little bit afraid of being on big stages. She was fine. Mm -hmm. She was doing that. She was playing her own music on piano. It's like a metaphor, you know, for her speaking. At the same time, when I saw her on stage and we filmed it, it was still there a little bit of hesitation. And uh, she didn't know how to put her story together. And she tried and tried and tried and she did it many times. And uh, after one year and a half of doing that, she finally got the blues. And now she's told me that she can just do it anytime. <laughs> she can be waking up in the middle of the night and she can give a speech. <laughs> That's awesome. So, that's amazing. It's, it's amazing. It's, I think she just found a connection to herself and her inner voice. And she realized that she just needs to trust herself and um, she can be spontaneous about it. Uh, just share her message. She has a message and she wants to share it. So yeah. this is her calling. So this is this is what happens to Didi. It's, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> and for folks who didn't see the movie, Didi was terrified of public speaking, right? But wanted to be a motivational speaker, which is amazing that she went after that goal despite her fear most people wouldn't i don't think and then you get to see her transformation through the movie it's really powerful it's really cool there's one point in the movie that i love where they kind of go to a restaurant and they're talking to strangers right and they're using micro expressions and they're kind of asking them questions discovering things about them without letting them speak right so they're just using their initial micro expression to you know go in one direction or the other i thought that was really cool it's something I think I want to start trying. It's probably part of the upcoming training, I think, as well. But any thoughts on questions we can ask to elicit those micro expressions from folks so we can get an understanding without, I don't want to say discreetly, like without them knowing it, right? But you can't say, hey, give me a micro expression if you're happy or sad, right? I'm like, I want to ask you a question to see how you feel. Is there any thoughts on how to ask questions appropriately to generate the micro expressions that we want to look at? So it's 
not so much about asking questions. It's more about how you talk to people, how you describe things yourself. Mm. Because what we realize that uh, people, while listening, they show much more microexpressions than when they answer a question. Because we have a tendency to just freeze our face, to be you know frozen for a moment when we ask for a question, especially a difficult one or something surprising or challenging. So, so we have this tendency. We learn that at school, probably or somewhere, you know, it's like um, not the best moment to really show authentic emotions. So, the better moment that we discovered is when people are listening to a story or when we, for example, give different options of different solutions. Like you can start with something very easy yourself. For example, you want to see what you can do with your wife uh, during the weekend and, and you would like to do something that she likes as well so that you break uh, the cycle of, of just custom pleasing each other that might not be the thing that they like because many times people discover after 10 years of being together that the other person doesn't like actually this activity, but they did it because they love you, you know? Yeah. So it's good to break this and to really see what she likes and what she doesn't like. So you can give different options and you can describe those options. So we can say like, honey, what would you like to do this weekend? Maybe you would like to spend with me a romantic evening, just two of us with candles and nice food in our house without the kids, you know, two of us. Or you prefer to go out to see our friends and uh, to party a little bit, have a couple of drinks and send dance maybe. Or you would, would you like to, to go to the movies and, and those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And by telling those options, you will see different micro expressions. So she might not be so, she might be very romantic and she would be happy to stay at home with you, but not so much into going out or the opposite. She loves people. She wants to go out. She cannot stand staying at home so much. She she doesn't want to, to put on a dishwasher during the weekend. You know, <laughs> she just wants to go out, <laughs> have fun and forget about <laughs> everything. Or maybe, you know, there's something else and you can just explore these options and then those are just the beginning thing that with time and with practicing micro expressions, you will discover what, what they really like, want, what they would prefer, what kind of food, what kind of movie, what kind of activity. And you can use the same things in business as well. You can talk to your clients. You can talk about different options. You can talk about, for example, cars. Somebody would like to have a, a small car that can park everywhere or somebody would like to have a big car that's with that SUV to, to drive with the whole family or, you know, like sports car and so on. So there are different people, different options. And by describing them, by telling the stories, people react and they show micro expressions. So this is how we usually work. And we have whole uh, program about it, how to master the skills. <laughs> yeah. And it's actually, it's challenging for me there because I tend to look away when I talk. I don't know why exactly. But like right now, I'm forcing myself to look at you on the screen while I talk. So I'll tend to like look away and thought and then glance back and look away. When you're talking, I can look right at you and watch your micro expressions. So it's something I think I have to train myself better to do is to look at somebody when I'm talking to them. So that's really interesting. One more, I guess, uh, I don't want to say transactional, but a fundamental question about micro expressions. Something I had challenges with is where to look at on the face. 
right? I find myself and probably the whole face is the answer, right? But I'll be looking at the eyebrows and I'll miss the mouth or I'll be looking at the mouth and I'll miss the eyebrows. It's hard to know like how and where to, to be looking to catch what's most important. So different people have a different uh, methods. Uh, I think my uh, Patrick, my husband, he has a different method that I have. <laughs> Because the most important is, so first of all, you cannot be staring at a person for, for the whole interview because they would think that you are crazy. Mm-hmm. So you just need to focus uh, to look at the face at the right moment. Mm. When you say something so assuming, impactful. Assuming that you want, want to figure out something that is not easy to just ask. Yeah. Because if you can just ask a question, there's no problem. But there are some things that it's just not easy to ask and you want to first search for the possibilities so that you can be more aligned with the person and then when you tell for example different options how we could for example go about this conversation what would be the most important topic for you and then I could describe the possibilities and and options so then when I'm saying the words that are crucial then I look at micro expressions and where I look I usually try to to create a triangle between the eyes and the lips and mm. just look at this triangle. And yeah, sometimes more in this side, this side. So I, I'm not staring at the person. So I'm just creating an imaginary triangle and, I, and I'm looking at this triangle. So this becomes much smaller than the whole face. Mm. And then it helps me to, to spot the things because even if you miss something, but you are looking at the triangle, you will know that this happened more in this zone or in more in this zone. So then mm-hmm. you can repeat the topic, the, the words that were triggering the micro expression to see if the person is reacting in a similar way. Yeah. I think also as you get more familiar with the micro expressions, you know, you have an idea of what you're talking about. If you're thinking you might be talking about something that might make them mad, you know, look in the place where you might see anger, you know, the mouth, those kinds of things. So just kind of thinking out loud there. So that's really interesting. Another topic I want to get into around microexpressions. Say I see we're in a business meeting, right? And I see you have discussed about something or you're angry about something. I can't just call you out on it right there. I know that you have some strategies for how to dive more deeply into that and maybe a little bit more of an indirect way. So I'd love to hear a bit about that. Of course, here it depends who you are angry with because mm. um, it depends on the situation. You could be angry with your family or with your kids or with your boss. And it's not always easy to to just express what's going on. Tell me, so if you could give me a specific example so I could answer you, what do you have in mind about being angry? Yeah. And and to clarify, it's not about kind of me being angry. It's about the other person being angry, right? Mm -hmm. So say we're in a meeting and I, you know, I give you the price, right? I'm trying to sell you something. I tell you the price and I see anger flash on your face. I, I can't say I see you're angry about that price, right? I, I think that there's a different process of question and answer to try to get more around what he's angry about, about that price. Mm-hmm. So here, um, what is good to keep in mind to not take it too personal because um, micro expressions are very short. They are half a second or shorter. So it means that this is a short reaction. This is the first reaction of the price. And it doesn't mean that the person is really angry at you at this stage. The mm-hmm. person might get really angry at you if you continue uh, pushing them to buy something that they don't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the first reaction is short. So it's just situational. It's based on what you said. 
So if it's around the price, you can always uh, try to see what would be happening if you propose other options mm-hmm. around the price. So you can see they angry at the price, like for example, they want you to buy an old car for 10K, which is what 5K is like, what the heck, you know? So then they, they show anger. And then if you could try to understand them, that's again, not being personal, you know, like mm-hmm. not getting it, you know, on personal level, you don't need to always uh, say to the person, you can say in general, like for some people, it could be that 10K for this old car, it might be too much. And of course, they would buy a car for 8K or 5K, or they would just go for a new one and then take a credit and buy it for 30K or 40K instead of you know, this, this car that I'm proposing now. So I would just to understand more what is your situation about it. And you see, in this little summary, I was searching for different possibilities and on a change I'm looking for a change on this person's face to see mm-hmm. what will happen if I propose different prices. And I will then I will see if it's about the you know this certain price, if I go lower, if the micro expression change, or maybe this is something else that they just don't want to have this model for this price. So by searching, then you create understanding. And then the person also will have space to speak about it. Because it's very important when you see those uh, micro expressions, negative micro expressions, it's good that you search for more options and then, then you allow the person to express themselves. It <laughs> helps to release the, those emotions as well. So you're mm-hmm. kind of exploring, going deeper by looking at more options, offering different yes. things, seeing how they're responding. Do they get angrier? The flash of happiness, trying to figure out that balance. That, that's really interesting. One more question just broader on body language, any broad tips for the audience on how they can get better at reading body language and doing it well? So what could be important? Now, many people are a lot on Zoom. Mm. This is also a good practice because I realized that when we speak on Zoom, we have tendency to focus more because there are less distractions. For example, if we would be sitting in a noisy cafe or having a business lunch somewhere, so then there will be a lot of people and and the noise and the music and distractions and food. Now, in our recent (laughs) situations of being under COVID, it's easier to to just focus on the one-to-one relationship. And also this is something that it would be good to practice micro-expressions that you decide on, for example, three people or five people that you would like to focus on and practice so that you don't need to necessarily practice on everybody. Just focus on three to five people and choose certain moments when you want to focus on micro-expressions. Those moments would be moments when you want to learn something more about them. Like, for example, I gave an uh, example of your wife about what she would really like to do during the weekend, what would excite her, what she she would find interesting. And so those are the new things that you can learn about somebody that you know, and then you will see those micro expressions and uh, in the time frame and the moment when you focus. So I would suggest like five minutes on the person of your choice and just look at the face and 
research some topic that you don't know so much about this person. Could be about hobby, about movies, about uh, music, about uh, holidays, something that you, you don't know yet. And just try to explore and see for the reactions. See, try to do something extreme as well, you know, something that they don't like. And, and then you can see the you know, opposite reactions. So, yeah. Get the full scale. Yes. Yeah, that's interesting. So I'm going to use that for because uh, Mother's Day is coming up here. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to see how I can put that to the test. Excellent. So <laughs> just a few questions left that, I, that I like to ask everybody who I have on the show. Uh, the first one is just around the power of conversation. I'm a big believer that just one conversation can change your life and the direction that you go in. So I always like to ask the folks I have on the show, if there's one conversation you can point to that had a really meaningful impact on you that you're willing to share with us. <laughs> okay. So, so this is interesting because it's, it's funny thing. I think I, sh- I, I need to do this, uh, a TEDx <laughs> around it mm, because yeah. it's my, it's something that's, that's your first person to, that I'm sharing this with you is oh. that all my life, I had, of course, a relationship with my father and it was quite stable. It wasn't the best relationship, but it was, you know, quite okay. And then I realized one day that for some reasons I was completely blocking my reading of his micro expressions and bad language. Mm. I wasn't realizing what he was doing. And actually in many situations, he was showing a lot of superiority. He was showing a lot of superiority and and like sitting like this and talking to me and I, I was becoming a little girl and I didn't know actually that this was happening because, you know, I'm a grown up woman, I'm an expert and so on and so on. But with my father, I was still this little girl and it was impacting our relationship because I, I just, I was feeling that I just couldn't communicate on, you know, on a certain level with my father. And one day, thanks to Zoom, and thanks to COVID, I was on Zoom with my father. It's like, okay, is he really doing that? Is he showing contempt to me? Yes, he's doing that. Come on, daddy. And then we really need, needed to have a crucial talk. And we had this crucial talk. And I, I told him my observations. And uh, we realized that we need to change. And right now, there's much more love between me and my father I think he was a little bit keeping distance because he was a little bit afraid to be vulnerable with me. You know, mm-hmm. he wanted to be the authority. And sometimes it's time just to be daddy. Yeah. <laughs> An authority. And I think this was a crucial conversation for me. It's so funny. For so many years, I I I could read anybody. I couldn't read my father and his micro expressions, and it was completely blocking our communication for so many years. Wow, that's fascinating. <laughs> and you didn't even realize that you were doing it, right? You just, that's, but I'm glad that you realized it and, and it led to a bit of a breakthrough in the relationship. So that, that's really powerful. Second question for you. Thinking about all that you've accomplished so far, if there's one communication skill that you could have had and more abundance that would have made it a lot easier, what would that have been? I think a very important communication skill uh, is to create boundaries with people. And many times I realize that if I don't create the right boundaries from the beginning, then the relationship with those people suffer on different levels, personal levels, business levels. 
So if I allowed people to do things that I don't like, even though they could be like little things, later on it comes back to me and it's not good for the relationship. So even though sometimes it's difficult to set the boundaries from the beginning, I do believe that this is very important to just say upfront what is important for you and what are your boundaries. And then it's much easier on the relationship. So this is one thing that I learned. And that, that can be hard to do, especially if you're not you know, accustomed to doing it. It's hard to do, but I would say that even harder to not do it and to suffer <laughs> the repercussions. Mm of uh, somebody breaking your boundaries and getting angry at this person or, you know, getting into the spiral of different emotions around it. So becoming a victimized by somebody else. So I think it's good to start with strong boundaries and also to understand what you want, what you don't want and discuss it in a very nice, kind and gentle way. You don't need to do it in in a harsh way. Yeah, got it. Yeah. (laughs) Very, very powerful. And I don't think I've gotten that before, actually. So I think that's a great answer. Last question. So this person can be alive or dead. You can know them personally or just know of them. But who is the best communicator that you know and why? Marshall Goldsmith. So Marshall Goldsmith, uh, he is uh, the the person that uh, we made a movie about, The mm-hmm. Earned Life, our recent movie. And he is a great communicator. We've been around him for five weeks all the time, <laughs> almost, you know, like maybe not 24 hours a day, but it's like sometimes 18 hours a day, really. And he is really great because he's very kind. He's very polite. And at the same time, he's very powerful and confident. So he has both things. He can be vulnerable and confident at the same time. And this is powerful. It is. It is for sure. Something I strive for. It is hard to be both those ones. When you're vulnerable, you're feeling a bit less confident. And you know, when I'm feeling really confident, I'm, I'm less apt to be vulnerable for sure. Really cool. So last question for you, where can folks find you? Where can they find the movie? Where can they find your great courses and training, which I definitely vouch for? How can they connect with you? So people can find us at www.centerforbadlanguage.com. This is our main website, centerforbadlanguage.com. And the movie they can find on www.impactmovie.film. Here they can uh, they can uh, see the trailer of the movie and uh, more from what, uh, what we did, the Q&As from different people and the movie itself. Very cool. Well, definitely... Go check those out, guys. I've gotten a lot of value out of their training and I continue to be a work in progress, but hopefully getting a little bit better every day. So Kasha, I I thank you so much for taking the time to to be with us today and for sharing all of your knowledge. Thank you so much, Greg. (laughs) Don't let the momentum stop now. Continue your path towards connecting at another level by joining the Communication Nation. We'll be discussing today's topics as well as more real-world solutions to transforming your life personally and professionally at facebook.com slash groups slash join the communication nation. Remember, you're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and life. And that conversation starts right here on The Art of Communication.